They'll wake up early, do a little studying, take the dog out, finish that audiobook until the very end. Finish that workout, then stop by McDonald's for breakfast and somehow manage to do it all before that 10 a.m. meeting meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Start your morning with a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, McChicken biscuit, or a chicken McGriddles, and get another for just a dollar on McDonald's D123 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot combine with any other offer or combo meal. If your friends haven't told you, McDonald's Spicy Chicken McNuggets are back. The ones made with spicy tempura and aged cayenne. But before you go telling friends, make sure you get them first. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Derek here of Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Nominations are open for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City at thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. Please consider going to the Arts and Entertainment section and voting for Screen Heroes as the best local podcast of Kansas City in 2019. Nominations are open until July 8th, so please get your nomination in as soon as possible. Thank you for your consideration. Welcome, everybody, to Kaiju Curry. I'm your host, Alan Max, and today I'm going to be interviewing three huge celebrities. Uh, we have Alex, Joe, and Paul from the previous episodes of Kaiju Curry, which they are no longer the host of, at least for today, episode eight, where King Ghidorah's right head will now be the new host. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely awesome. I didn't have to introduce the uh, podcast episode today, so that's always a bonus. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I'm not hosting the show. Uh, you guys are. So uh, I, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit starstruck. I'm just sort of like staring blankly. And yeah. no, Paul, well, it's, it's cool, though, because you guys, you know, I'm excited to talk to you guys because uh, this is the first um, – interview podcast i've done overseas for um another country right now and uh nice and alex actually reached out to me quite some time ago just chatting with me and uh and i I believe we were talking on either twitter or facebook in the uk kaiju group and and you guys have an awesome fan base that has been very communicative and and supportive and and just awesome and and so i'm actually very happy that you guys reached out and, and had me on this Alan is being incredibly diplomatic. In fact, what he's saying is that basically I stalked him for a bit and harangued him by email and said, look, posters, true. what you got? It's true. What you got? You're well, I did have posters. to, I had to, to put some bars on my window because he was also trying to creep through. He flew out yeah, once yeah. and. Yeah. Uh... No, I mean, I, I don't want to confess too much because I discovered actually in the last two weeks that I've got the entirety of my form at school now listening to the podcast. So I've got kids saying, sir, episode six wasn't as good as episode five. And I'm like, shit, what have they been listening to? Oh, God, I can't say shit anymore. Ah! Yeah, so, yeah, now you're swearing in front of your... Yeah, what's your language, sir? Ex- exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Oh, dear, there's that pun again. Um, oh, you've got to love that plan, haven't you? <laughs> um, I've I've been to see um, oh that what was that film that came out cinema recently? Um, King Aladdin. 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 It was Aladdin, Aladdin. right? Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> uh, yeah. When did you go and see yes, Aladdin? Godzilla the King genie. The... When did you go and see Godzilla King of the Monsters? It was opening. Hall? I saw opening night at our local cinema. Nice. Um, it wasn't. It was um, it was great to see it, but it would have been better with you guys, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. We love you, Paul. <laughs> Especially the new host of Kaiju Curry should have been there. Yeah, yeah definitely. We, we, we would have liked that. that it was definitely. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked Alan by email, and then it said, you know, uh, error, email not received. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it failed and bounced back. Yeah. Actually, we did have some problem with that when I first was talking to you. You, Alex, your Gmail trash can was extremely full. Yes, and it did bounce back because I recall there's once where you were like, 
just checking in, you haven't replied, and it's been 10 months. And I was like, I replied like 20 times, bro. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Speaking as a major celebrity in the kaiju, you know, community, I do get flooded with emails by adoring fans. It does happen (laughs) regularly, you know. Not at all because I'm never getting rid of the spam in my inbox. (laughs) Oh, Lord, you want to talk about spam? Try managing the website. 3,000 comments, and they're all like... (laughs) Would you like to rent a house in such and such country? No, stop! <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, we get, we're getting mildly off topic now. Um, no, it's good. Oh, it's good. Yeah. This is so oh, roll. Been, yeah, there's been this great new movie that's come out. Um, I, th- I think it has got Aladdin. Aladdin. Oh, yeah, Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, Aladdin looked like a giant lizard, and Jasmine, she was kind of like this moth? I don't get it. Now, how did that work? But um, <laughs> so Jafar definitely looked cool. He was very snaky. Wait, I don't know where the wings came from. Though. Three heads. Yeah, yeah. So no, I so... turned up to the screening of Aladdin two nights after it came out in the UK. I went to the Odeon at the Metro Centre, and you know, I walked up, and I already had my ticket, and the staff were like, you know, you've already got a ticket, sir, you can go on in. I'm like, no, 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 no. Have you got any posters? And they were like, no, we haven't got any posters of Godzilla King of the Monsters. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. We'll try that again. And then I looked behind me and there was a queue and I dropped down to one knee and I said, have you got any posters? I'm not leaving. And the staff member blushed and looked really awkward. I think that I charmed her. The reality is I frightened her. I I, I know that now, (laughs) retrospectively. The friend that was accompanying me to the evening walked away and I was like, no, 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 come back, come back. I've got this. And he's like, you know get out of my life you know i don't know who you are and then two other staff members came over and they were like what does he want and i was like a poster that's all i've come for a poster and eventually they sort of sighed and i, I beat them down and they took me to the storeroom <laughs> where they revealed wondrous things and there were posters and i got a single poster which i gave a charity donation for however yesterday i returned to the cinema again didn't i paul and i messaged you and said look i think i can get some posters and to my delight, I recognised the staff member from last time. That All poor woman. Was, yeah, it was the same poor woman. She just went, come on, this way. And it, it, was, it was wonderful. You know, I, I wore down the staff, but uh, I'm probably never going to be allowed in the You have any extras? I don't even have a poster. You don't? That's because you gave them to Alex. Would you like me to yeah. sign a poster and send it to you? I would like a signature from all three of you, please. I actually have uh, a, con- a convention flyer that we've all signed. I can send you. Please. That would be a lovely thing to send. <laughs> Let's do that. Please. Yeah. But, yeah. I saw the movie uh, just last night, actually. And I uh, I, dr- I drugged my friend to it. Um, you his drugged name, your I, friend? You, you drugged or you dragged? I drugged. I dragged him. Drug, 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 past <laughs> tense. But anyways, uh, I had him uh, come with me because, you know, get more people to see the movie he actually really liked it too he's he knows nothing about godzilla the whole universe anything he came out here we go we're recording again yeah so there might be a little bit of interruption here and there guys but in a nutshell this is the first time that we're doing this so uh, please bear with us um our guest has rudely not got Audacity, which we normally record it on, so we are video recording it. Alan, what do you have to say for yourself about that? I think this is the way every episode will be from here on out. I yeah, think that's... you guys are going to go video and step into the 21st century. Bold. <laughs> Bold and rude, frankly. Are we, are, are we in color yet? I like black and white films. <laughs> What's this the is, format this is the tonight, thing. guys? Because we do risk derailing so tragically that it becomes an hour and a half. What, what's the format for our guest? What we think? Well, you measure. guys have some questions for me, right? Hmm. Yes, we we're do. not police officers. Well, well would you I like do to have see my for- ID? I do have a format to some of these questions. I'd, I'd actually like to take it through chronological order, if you don't mind. Um, we spoke shortly before starting the recording about uh, the interview process, which I think would be a great place to start, seeing as how you are Ghidorah's right head, which has no nickname yet. We'll have to come up with one this episode. But um, I asked you if you know Mike sat you down and just said, okay, I want you to be aggressive. Just snarl for five minutes and let's see what you got. So, I mean... 
you said it was kind of a funny story, so please elaborate. This will be great. Well, it was interesting because a lot of a lot of the auditions I go on are like that. It's snarling, and and if there's particular scenes in the script of how I kill or attack them, because I, I always play monsters. I've I've played over sixty creatures in film, short films, TV, video game, not video games, uh, um, music videos, commercials, and and so I'm always out out auditioning for non-human characters. And usually that's how the auditions goes. It's snarl or you're going to climb a wall and jump on this person or, or you're being attacked from every direction by five people and it's things like that. But this one, I went into the audition with workout clothes ready to move and I didn't do anything. We just sat down and talked. Um, Mike showed wow. me a clip from the movie I had already filmed and we joked about Godzilla the musical, and we talked a little bit about how I got into specializing in creature performance. And uh, then they were like, great, it was a pleasure meeting you, we'll be in touch. And that it was that simple. Wow. For um, those of our viewers that don't know, what is the name for the type of acting that you do, Alan, or the broad genre of it? Is there a name for it? Uh, I call it just, uh, it's, it's just acting, but... I also call it creature acting because it that makes it very clear the type of character that I usually portray and go for. And I actually consider it specialty. I specialize in it because there's so much movement and um, physicality and mental, um, like, I guess you have to prep for it because you have to have a lot of strength with dealing with the, the pain of the suits and the claustrophobia and just the hours of patience of sitting in the makeup chair so i i make it very clear that i specialize in it and so i just call myself a creature actor yeah that's really interesting that you mentioned uh the mental prep for it one of my uh favorite interviews um that i've seen for a motion picture was actually with arnold schwarzenegger and it was essentially him talking about how he got in the mental mindset for the terminator because he's supposed to look like a human and yet he is a robot so how do you portray a robot? And he went over the mental prep. It's like he talked with the director while they were sitting there, and his eyes were one of the things that he did. So he tried to blink less, but also one of my favorite things is when he was looking for people or anything, his eyeballs or his pupils would go as far over as they could, and then his head would turn in that direction that they were looking, and then they would go back the other way as far as they could go, and then his head would turn because that was the most efficient way. That was what a robot would do. Yeah. So when you when you do creaturey stuff, I mean, don't give away necessarily any trade secrets here, but, you know, what are your – what are some of, like, the fun things that you do, like mental prep? Like when you were thinking Ghidorah – you know, like aggressive Ghidorah, like when you were getting there, I mean, I'm sure you watch videos and everything, but when you were thinking about your mental spin on it, like how did you get there? Well, Ghidorah particularly because this is the first time that it's performed by performance capture and CG rather than a man in suit where mm. multiple heads are controlled by strings and puppeteers. This one, I knew the performance wouldn't be the same as previous films. So, I, what I did was I, I bought every movie that had Ghidorah in it and studied and watched it. But it was less about his movement and more about his intentions and his thought process. And it, it was very clear that Ghidorah is enemies with Godzilla. They, there is a thought of, you know, it's clearly like who who's the, the king. And the whole new movie, the big thing is the false king versus the real king. And he's not part of this this uh this earth and this nature and and so Ghidorah is different from if I work in you know there's there's a movie called The Raking I did where the rake is kind of like a, a modern day young kid's new crypto creature and his intentions for that film were he's he's hunger he's gonna eat it was almost like a predator with survival and when I would kill one of the teenagers I'd rip their guts out and eat it immediately and my the intention behind running and and how I would look at them and, and attack them and decide when to attack was all based on the hunger and the de the decision where I need you to survive. Whereas Ghidorah, his mentality, it's he's not going to eat the other kaiju. His intentions are, I want you to know I'm the boss, 
And if you don't agree with it, I'm going to show you and I'm going to be the alpha male and take care of business. And I think just stuff like that is, you know, there is a mentality between or there's there's a mental division within monsters. And even though they aren't as as human as a lot of human characters would be or, you know, the intentions of the doctor is this doctor's intentions are he eventually wants to get back to his wife in another country. There's different layers to it. The monsters in movies still have those. They're just different thought processes. And that's how I approach my characters, specifically Ghidorah. When watching the uh, films of King Ghidorah on, which film struck you as the most interesting in terms of your, I suppose, market research almost for your character? Which did you find the most rewarding to watch? I actually liked Ghidorah in the Mothra trilogy. Something about the way he was in that. Um, I just liked the way he looked. And it was also, it was a newer one. So I think people had, you know, practiced and, and used Ghidorah previously. You know, the earlier ones are awesome and they're so fun. But it's almost like, you know, as you're starting out, the first ones, they're testing like, okay, what what can we do to bring this this flying three-headed dragon to life? Whereas the more they make with him, they've learned from the past films and keep continue to add to it. Um, and they all kind of, I think they all just added equally for me with, with my research because I kind of accumulated all of it into my mindset as a whole. I personally like the 91 Ghidorah. Um, mm-hmm. That one's cool too. I, I It is very cool. I mean, pardon me, I'm going to ask you anyways because why not? You're here. So if, if you had been asked to motion capture for a Dorat, what would your reaction have been once you like had done your research, like <laughs> watching that movie and you're suddenly like, wait. <laughs> but, I, I would have been ex- equally excited. To be yeah. honest, I wouldn't have cared what um, character I would have been asked to, to portray. Just the fact that it's such a huge franchise. And I knew, you know, based on the Gareth Edwards one, and who was attached to this one, I knew this was going to be, if not the one of the biggest movies of 2019. And and, and I got this call, it was a year, year and a half ago. So I knew it was like, in the future, this is going to be top five movie when it's released. And so I would have been excited to play anything, but to know oh, that yeah, I was yeah. going to be part of, you know, the fans' favorite villain. It was even more yeah. exciting, so that was cool. Yeah, I guess you can say now you are, you have been, the biggest big bad that yes. has been. I mean, it's pretty hard to really say that there are bigger, badder villains than Ghidorah. It's that's bad. It's true. <laughs> are you saying that he's peaked and it's all downhill, Joe? It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I mean, once you play Ghidorah, I mean that's like, I mean like when David Prowse played Darth Vader. I mean, it's like where do you go from there? I mean, he's <laughs> Darth Vader. James, I mean, James Earl Jones, I mean, like, I guess, you know, it's between Mufasa and Darth Vader, but, you know, it's it's just like, there's just some roles that are iconic, and Ghidorah is an iconic role. And I, yes. I am, I'm chuffed for you that you got it. That That's always <laughs> awesome to get that call or to just get that invite even. It's a, it's an honor. That's how I felt, too. Even even when I first met with them, you know, there was, there was a, a week or two where I actually didn't think I booked it because they said they'd reach out by then already and a week or so went by and I was like ah oh, god damn it I blew it but um I was still just like you said I was honored that I was even considered and had a meeting with them so yeah it's it's nothing but gratefulness just because it's, it's so it's such a big deal you know it's hard to not be grateful so you so you know again chronologically in this so you've, you've done the interview um you got the call I remember um I interviewed you last, like you got the call, and, you know, you and, was she your fiancé at the time? She or, was, yes. Oh, good, man, good man. All right, so your fiancé at the time, you know, you got the call, and I'm sure the, uh, we all have a happy dance. I'm sure you did one. Um, yes. How did you break think... it to her that you were going to be, like, this phenomenal villain? Well, I think she was more excited than me just in the sense that I had my business hat on, and I was ready to be like, okay, awesome, I booked it. Now I got to live up to it. Now I got to prep and I got to be awesome. And I was like, I was just ready to hit the ground running and, and take it full on. Whereas she was ready 
with a bottle of champagne and popped in. She's like, let's have dinner. And like, That's wonderful, she jumped though. up and down. And yeah, she was very uh-huh. happy for me. That's and nice. uh, yeah, she, she's great. I mean, obviously that's why you, you marry a person because they're great. <laughs> Even, I mean, how supportive is she? I mean, you turned out to be a monster and yet, you know, she's totally with you and on board. <laughs> well, that I actually praise her with that all the time. I, I give her so much thanks because um, when I decided to take creature acting serious as a profession, you know, that's a huge ordeal. And not a lot of people would be supportive of their spouse saying, you know, that's what I'm going to go after. Because it is kind of a, it, it's a very small niche. Mm. And and it's, it's kind of a, a crazy idea. But she was all on board and she was the most supportive and amazing person. And... And honestly, if I was with someone who wasn't that way, there's a chance I could have been like, yeah, you know what, you're right, this is a fool's dream, or, mm. or that's silly, don't worry about it. But no, she was like the best person ever. So yeah, I, I thank her all the time for being just supportive and, and uh, wa- wanting me to be a monster as much as I wanted to be. <laughs> very cool. On that so... very romantic note, we're going to take a break. <laughs> is that okay, guys? Hey everyone, this is Greg from Red Shirts and Runabouts. We're the resident Star Trek podcast as part of the Heroes Podcast Network group. If you love Star Trek and things science fiction, we're definitely the show for you. Join us as we talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Picard show, and other ongoing content and new creations from the Star Trek universe. If you want to find us, search Red Shirts and Runabouts podcast on Apple and Google Play. And if you want to interact with us as a host, you can find us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. And we're back with Kaiju Curry House, where we have special guest Alan, who's been taking us through his interview and acceptance process for becoming the right head of King Ghidorah in the new movie, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is out in cinemas right now as we record. So go see it. Exactly. And take your friends as well. Um, So we've gotten to the point, you know, where you've accepted the job, you know, happy dance, all that good stuff. Um, so you were doing, you said that you purchased, you know, all the videos and whatnot for King Ghidorah. Um, he obviously appears in a lot of other things. Did you ever delve into any of the comics or novelizations or, I mean, how deep did you go or was it just the movies? Just strictly the movies. I didn't go into any of the could we call it expanded universe? I know it's not Star Wars, but is there a name for the the non-film versions in the kaiju it, world? No, no, we're just, we just, I mean, we are, I don't think many people in the kaiju fandom are uh, too many, are too much of a stickler about uh, stuff. We're just happy for new content whenever it comes right. along. We're not a but, bad fandom, are we? For the most part. No, we're quite nice. We're, we're more yeah, than Star Wars fans, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't go hating on Star Wars, man. Don't go hating on Star Wars. You will have a world of hate. I said I, but, um, nice, <laughs> It's those casual fans that are that are the mean ones in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but, um, I was going to say, like, uh, you know, um, recently, like, for instance, IDW um, did uh, some Godzilla comics. And it, it's really interesting because they... Uh, they took it in different directions, different kaiju, do different things, different origin stories, and uh, Ghidorah's featured in there. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, like when you have a pretty free reign of it artistically and in terms of story, like they were able to add a few things in there. So I was just curious, you know, to see if you went uh, beyond the movies. So you mentioned that you like the Ghidorah from the uh, '90s Mothra trilogy the most. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool Ghidorah. Um, of yeah, those... I also like visually how he looks in that one too. He's he's it's just a cool sculpt for him. Because there are a couple different versions of him in there. When you say the coolest one, which one are you uh, looking? At? I'm watch I'm watching Alex's face here because he does have a favorite one. Ghidorah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one where he's flying in. I think when we first see him, um, it's been a while since I because I only watched it the once when I first. Once when he first films. flies in, yeah, it was that one. Is that the, the one that you, you're thinking of, Alex, as well? The four legs with the red wings? <laughs> yes. There was, we go. His, he, wasn't, he, wasn't there blue wings at one point in it, too? This, um, the second film has the black King Ghidorah with the red wings. You're right, And the, yeah. the third one has Grand King Ghidorah, who's basically just a bit bigger, and I think looks 
closer, if anything, to Godzilla King of the Monsters or vice versa. Yeah. Sort of just a, m- a more grander appearance, but that gold colour. I think I just like Desjardora from the second Mothra film because I thought, like, well, it's a bit like getting a shiny Pokemon. It's just it's a peculiar colour palette. And it's like, ooh, that's that's different. Yeah. Um, it's not that it's particularly a great movie. I think the Mothra films, are, they're a mess. But, yeah, they um, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're aimed at a different audience. They're aimed yes. at a different audience. Yes. Yeah. So we'll leave it there at that. I'll tell you, <laughs> again, I mentioned it earlier, the 91 Ghidorah is one of my favorites. I kind of like the younger versions of Ghidorah. Like, I would love to have a Dorat, but and I'm, be saying this because, I'm saying this because I just recently got the figure, but Monster X um, in the Godzilla Final Wars, he's the black skeletal looking version of like he's like a younger Ghidorah. Did you mm-hmm. ever see that? Yep. Love that version of it. The thing, that, the thing that would be fun about the the baby Ghidorahs is because that almost reminds me of the Tremor series where they have the yeah. different oh, <laughs> growth yes. ranges of yes, the Tremors. You, you just set Paul off right now. You said <laughs> the magic words. Tremors is his thing. <laughs> Dude, graboids for life, man. <laughs> yeah. Paul can die happy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Tremors. You just don't run across a person that has not, I mean, that just does not like Tremors. At least the You have to correct one. yourself there, Paul. Uh, sorry, Joe, because I hadn't seen Tremors until we did our review of it. And we, we did an episode on Tremors and I had not seen any Tremors films at that point. And then, like, effectively, I had to go off and watch them. And I was like, they're bonkers. <laughs> they're, 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 they're great, though. They're great. Great. As I said last time, it's like the opening scene of Tremors is uh, Kevin Bacon having a piss, and it's like, what the hell have I signed up for? <laughs> this is not so a Tremors great. review. It's not a Tremors review. So, so, so it could be. Forward, we, we can go there. We can go there. You can be a regular guest. But, um, so, <laughs> we've, all right, so to get us, rein us back in, I suppose. So, yeah. you've accepted the role. You've done your research. So, I take it that you walk up into the motion motion caption uh, motion capture room. Um, so you had the other, uh, I guess it would be the four guys. There's a Godzilla that you were probably interacting with, and then the other two mm-hmm. other two fellows. So when you were doing the motion capture um, for our listeners, um, usually there's a uh, specialized camera, and they fit you with these really great lycra suits. I'm thinking with They're the lycra. ping pong balls. Yeah, yep. 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 with the ping pong balls. And the computer will register the movement from the ping pong balls because the lycra is such a color that it will erase it when it's filming or it's easier for the computer to take that out. The ping pong balls are references for movement in the computer. So what the computer animators do, is, or the artists, I guess you'd call them either or, they'll put the Ghidorah framework or the Ghidorah skin over top of this. Mm-hmm. So the actor's performance is given to that skin or that model within the computer. And so when you were doing that, just take us through how you and two other guys brought one creature, the one who is many, uh, to life. So did they tie it together, or how did this work? So first, um, your description is very, very close, and I'd like to amend a little bit of it in case any of the listeners are interested. So... The what you call ping pong balls are actually they're they're reflective um, sensors. Some suits have actual sensors where it digitally and wirelessly collects data from it. But the ones we used, it's a reflective foam piece, and the cameras aren't like real cameras. The cameras only capture the reflection. So this the Lycra suit doesn't get erased or anything. It just doesn't capture it. So when you look on the screen. It captures your skeleton with dots only, connecting the joints of your skeleton. And uh, and so that's just the amendment to your thing. So it's, it's very similar to that, except for that the, the reflective sensors are the only thing that's actually captured. And basically, it captures your skeleton is what it does. Very um, cool. And that being said is, yeah, there's three of us, one for each head. And we... We tried a number of different things, you know, as Mike has said in a number of interviews, they tried tying us together. I think they tied it to our ankles and to our hips and stuff at some point. But we were doing such heavy, you know, stunt work battling Godzilla that it it was a little clunky being physically tied. So we ended up, Richard, Lefty, and I, we ended up just putting our hand on Jason's back, who was a center head, and we 
we just kept our hands there and it was very easy to stay in sync with each other that that way that's a good method um i can see why that would work that's awesome mm-hmm. so you you mentioned really rigorous stunt work so i take it you were just kind of like on I used to be a wrestler, so were you on like a foam mat or something like that, and like you guys were just kind of wrestling around and yeah, doing so your thing, had, I suppose? We had foam mats um, that were like movable, so that we could just put it in a spot whenever we needed based on that particular scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's falling and jumping and, and uh, you know, there's scenes where I think oh, I, I believe in the movie, the first time you see Ghidorah fly. Yeah, he comes out of the ice and then he flies away, I believe. Um, yeah. They had us get on an Apple box, and if anyone listening doesn't know what an Apple box is, it's something we use in the industry where it's just like a wooden box, and you use it for anything. You can sit on it, you put equipment on it, you can stack them, and we we stacked those up so that we could have something to propel off of and, and mm-hmm. sink, sink and jump into the air for the, the initial flight and, uh, and and just stuff like that. It was a lot of, you know, because motion capture only captures our skeleton, like I was saying, and nothing else in the room, everything we played with was makeshift. You know, we had little, little like, figures to look at for eye lines when we're looking at the soldier shooting at us. And, and we had cardboard boxes for the buildings when, you know, Godzilla smashed our heads into it at the one point. And and you can use literally cardboard boxes and figures. You can use anything because those camera sensors don't record anything except that except the the skeleton of you. So there's a lot of makeshift stuff. So it feels like basically playing monsters in your living room as a kid is what it feels. That's like. awesome. <laughs> that sounds really... fantastic. What a job you have, mate. Um, <laughs> so how long did that go on? Um, how many days were you there doing the motion capture stuff? Uh, we filmed for three days. Wow, I assume that those were pretty nonstop days. Like they had you just go through everything, didn't they? They did. They weren't long. It wasn't crazy. Um, you know, when we do, when I do practical suits, they're super long, exhausting days. These ones were pretty average. I think it was either eight to ten hours. It was an average um, work day, and uh, and it was very physical, nonstop all the time. But it wasn't. You know, I didn't go home with bruises, so that was great. <laughs> Godzilla, you didn't even get a bruise. Wow. Yeah, that's a tamer workload than I was expecting. Say yeah. it again? It's a tamer workload than I was expecting. I imagine you're going to say weeks. You know, I'm... Alan I thought Godzilla. So Alex's only reaction is, wow, that's pretty tame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, to the, the filmmakers and Mike and everybody, they had it all so scripted out and perfect like we knew exactly what we needed to do we didn't do anything um extra there was no like oh let's get this and see if it works no they knew exactly what they needed and they were Mm. solid professionals who had down pat exactly what needed to be captured so that made it smooth you know I, i feel like if it was i've been on a lot of shoots where they don't always know what they need and so if it would have been something like that i could see it going on for two weeks but yeah. you know he they they had their stuff together top top notch so do they show you a storyboard oh yeah that's a good that's a great question of, of of what they want you to do or are they just yelling at you what to do <laughs> we actually had um if your friends haven't told you mcdonald's spicy chicken mcnuggets are back the ones made with spicy tempura and aged cayenne but before you go telling friends make sure you get them first order ahead on the mcdonald's app Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. for a limited time at participating mcdonald's It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar. Up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station a rough cut of the film and they had pre-vis very yeah. um okay. very simple cg monsters in place doing kind of what we needed so that we just got the gist of it and then we would go through a rehearsal and and work out our motions to get it to look the best we can before rolling okay when you were doing these scenes um 
I've heard, you know, like, I've seen, like, the making of the stuff. I'm one of those guys that watches those, you know, Blu-ray special features and all that. Um, were there any points where you and the other uh, actors just suggested something or Mike would come up with something on set? Like, you know, I kind of liked what you did there. Can we just go back and do that more? Did you ever throw anything back and forth? Or like you said, they just had a clear-cut vision? I think for when it comes to the story and what we are actually doing for the the scenes, it was pretty simple and, and, and clear decisions. But I would say the thing that was more improv was our heads and our characters because as everyone knows each each head had a different personality and that i think was a little bit more of you know mike would chime in oh yeah maybe you know try you know lefty try licking licking the guys when you first meet them and (laughs) and and righty you're gonna be you're just you're just mad you know maybe snap at him immediately and that was more of the bouncing ideas was the personality and less of the fights so from what you got from the performances when mike's there uh this is all this is just an interesting thing so Ghidorah obviously has three heads we have different personalities would you consider Ghidorah an intelligent monster like i'm above average absolutely because you know it's the whole point of the film is is the, who's the king of the monsters and king Ghidorah, you know that he's not from earth so it's very clear they don't talk about it in the movie but in my imagination the backstory of this particular monster verse Ghidorah, is since he came from another planet and he wants to be in charge of everybody he had the intentions of that he's like you know what i'm gonna take over I'm going to tell everyone to listen to me. You know, that make if you have the thought process of taking over and ruling a planet, you have more intelligent than an average monster. I think. Yeah, this was an interesting point that's been brought up a couple times. Um, people have asked Mike, "Would you go back and do like a, a BC, you know, like Godzilla movie? You know, like that'd be cool." <laughs> yeah. So the whole, I mean, there was obviously a lot of world building in this movie, and. It's not necessarily a gripe. As a fan, you know, it's just one of those things like they should have made it longer. They should have expanded. I want to know more about that. But the whole premise of how Ghidorah got to Earth, I think, is a very interesting concept. So there could be a lot of reinventing in this particular storyline, too, which would be cool. Well, my like one of the things you got to think about there is like, oh, wow, Ghidorah's from another planet. Does that mean that there's potentially a planet out there with lots of Ghidorahs on it? Because that's a pretty terrible place to visit <laughs> you know, it's just you don't want to go there for a holiday but you know it's just the, i mean Ghidorah is an organic being i mean you can tell you know he's he's reacting with all of the things on earth you know in a pretty similar law i mean you know, minor spoiler oxygen destroyers tend not to affect him so but and that's kind of how we find out that he's not really you know oxygen oxygen is an essential thing but He's reacting with the elements of Earth. Um, he has nostrils. He has necks. You know, he, he, it looks like he breathes. So it's just, how did he get through space? Because wings wouldn't propel you through space, would they? So, you know, it's just fun things that you yeah. think about when they do that kind of thing. You know, like, oh, he fell from the sky. Was he put here? You know, it's just fun things like that. But uh, Fun things that only Joe's thought about. I, I haven't but... thought about that. <laughs> well, I've never I thought watched... about I watch these movies, and it's just the tiny tiny details that, you know, like, that I get really wrapped up in. I mean, I was watching the movie last night, and I'm just thinking, oh, gosh, slow down. You know, like, this is all so cool. I just want to, like, like the sunken ruins. (laughs) We're in a hollow earth, and yet they're flooded. So how did people millennia ago make these things? Like, that's a whole story in and of itself. Like, okay, Godzilla's got this horribly radioactive home base, you know, that he just goes and chills in, and yet... People have obviously built this altar and everything for him. How did they do that? You know, it's not necessarily that, you know, someone's dropped the ball and there's like, you know, like we're just totally making stuff on the fly here. It's just there's there could be a whole story, like a whole back layer behind that. But I'll start rambling, get off traffic here. No, it's, I, interesting. Uh, it's interesting, Joe. Yeah. Um, I think part yeah, of but, the appeal for me about these episodes is that we do kind of ramble a bit. Yeah, a bit. I mean, like, another another thing is just how did Ghidorah get in the ice? You know, that that's a question right there. Who knocked him out of the sky? Ghidorah doesn't look like a 
like you know, he favors swimming. Um, and was the blob in there with him ready to re-come to the Earth as well? Uh, you see, the blob is in uh, the Arctic. You were in the Antarctic, so I can answer well, that. I feel like I need to revisit the blob then before I speak up next time. <laughs> the blob traumatized oh, me. The thing? <laughs> the thing was in it was in Antarctica. That the thing can be a parasite off of Ghidorah. There we go. That, can we do an uh, episode okay. on the thing? Yeah, we'll what that. an amazing film! Oh, look, yeah. Can we do an Can we do an episode where we review the original thing, uh, John Carpenter's, and then the the recent one? Actually, Okay, okay, now you've got me on a tangent. The John Carpenter thing isn't the original. The original is from the 50s, and it's actually oh, based on a book yeah. called Who Goes There in the Dark. Who Goes but There in the Dark? That movie is called The Thing, thing from, from Another world. world. So technically, John Carpenter's is the first The Thing, period. Okay. The other schools. one is schools, from Joe. Another World. Okay, we're talking, we're, we're talking about titles now. But... Um, this is good. <laughs> but the thing, but who goes there in the dark? For the thing fans out there, I'll go back and check. That movie ends on a really bad note because they kind of think the seagulls are all, you know, like this creature now, and they just go flying off into the world. And it's like, oh dear. But um, to get back to Ghidorah, um, this is a question I, that I want actually, ask. Joe, it's it's time for a break. <laughs> you spent that long rambling that we've taken up a second third of the show. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Derek here of Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Nominations are open for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City at thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. Please consider going to the Arts and Entertainment section and voting for Screen Heroes as the Best Local Podcast of Kansas City in 2019. Nominations are open until July 8th, so please get your nomination in as soon as possible. Thank you for your consideration. Hello and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. Uh, thank you for sticking with us through this um, slightly off-topic episode. But here we are. We're here with Alan, we're here with Joe, we're here with Alex, and we're talking Godzilla King of Monsters. We've just been seeing everything about how Alan got what the role entailed, and I think Joe now wants to speak quickly about, well, a bit more about Ghidorah. Go ahead, Joe. I, all right, so I have, a, I have a question that I've been meaning to ask, but I just wanted to reach the right point. So, No, we, I will not got... go to prom with you. I guess taking me. Very rude. I've already bought my dress, though. It matches your cummerbund. <laughs> oh! But, um... I know what prom is. The other two might not. But, um... I wanted... We? So we've gotten through the point where you've done the motion capture. You had the previs and everything. So, obviously, people knew what Godzilla was going to look like. But there was a certain magic, I'm sure, when you got to see the new designs for Ghidorah, presumably Mothra and Rodan, and you got to interact with those designs you know you get to see and visualize what we as the kaiju fan community only had to speculate on and just we had to like rein in our desire and patiently wait so what was it like when you got to see your Ghidorah so you know when we first filmed it it was just previous so it was very simple design um it is still replicated what you currently see now but you know, it doesn't have all the detail and everything. The first time I saw the final rendered design was the same time as the rest of the world. Um, once once we wrapped, it was kind of silence to us until, until the world's got all the news, too. You know, I've been kind of watching this all emerge at the same time as everybody else and uh, with the same excitement and, and desire to see it. Like, the first time we saw the trailer, um, we were, I think... Jason and I, the centerhead, we were at Comic-Con, and uh, we both saw it on our phones. And Jason had told me before that right after the trailer first came out, Mike ran into him, and he's like, did you see the trailer? And he's like, yeah, I just watched it on my phone. And Mike cursed him for the first time he saw it was on his phone. But it's funny because it's like, you know, we're we're getting the release of everything the same time as everybody else. So it's not mm. like, you know, we don't we're, we're not getting called into special secret meetings to see it you know on giant screens you know so it's been fun to to watch everything come out with everybody else and even when we get you know if there's like an article or something i think mike had one a couple weeks ago where he mentioned um casting us for and talked about how how we were all in it was just as exciting to us like oh awesome we got a shout out cool um 
and also we're all fans of the stuff too so it's like sometimes i forget that i'm as big of a part of it as i am because we're just all equally excited to be watching it unravel like everybody else that's awesome that's a bit of a buzzkill for me because I thought it's like, oh, maybe you got to see it beforehand. There's like, oh, wow. You know, like I was really impressed with that when they when they took us to the shop because when the actors for like say Jurassic Park were interacting with the dinosaurs and everything, that was part of it. You know, like they took them through, they showed them all the designs and everything. But I guess for, I guess in nowadays there's just such a, a need to keep a lid on things that they may have like. I mean, that was probably keeping you in the dark because. We don't want to let anybody know. They were probably still working out tiny details, I imagine, you know, because when we filmed, we, we saw the previs and we saw what the movements looked like when we did it. But um, it's it, it's so, like I said, it's so simple to see real-time rendering like that. You can't have much detail. So, like, we saw it had wings and three heads. Like, it looked like Ghidorah. So, like, to me, when I yeah. watched it, I wasn't like, oh, that's a cool new take on it. To me, it was like, oh, yeah, that's what he looks like. You know, so it was, it was, it's, awesome. it's a very, um, just, uh, you know, a business, I guess, like this is next, this is next. That's how the process was for us. And, and we we're also so focused on our performance too, that it was less about, uh, what does he look like? And more about, okay, let's get this right. Yes. This is what we should do. This is it. And, and, and tweaking how we would bring it to life was what we were more concerned about, which I think is probably, I guess, what a person would prefer our concern to be. <laughs> exactly. Well, you did, you did a great job, so there we are. Did you know the other two Jadora head actors before coming on set? So um, I knew Richard, the left head. I had trained with him at the mocap vaults, which is a motion capture school in both Los Angeles and in um, London. And um, so I, I knew, I've known Richard for, I think a couple years before that. Um, and Jason, who plays the center head, I met him the first time um, the day before we started. We mm. did a little meet and greet with each other before filming. And uh, and there are, everyone's so chill and cool. Like Jason and Richard and I, we're just, we consider each other brothers now. Like we're, mm. we're stuck with each other forever. That's cool. And, uh, but it's great because we love each other and, and we, we have so much fun and we do, all these conventions and stuff now and we just goof around like when we when someone you know asks us for an autograph or something we'll we'll try to like we'll we'll try to beat each other to the punch of all right the right head's always right and lefty will you know he'll joke that he's scribbling it out and he'll write the left head's the best head and you know we yeah. it's just like brothers do so like it was it was perfect casting because we got along so well and and I hope one day you know we all get to reprise the role in the future because we we already have the established not only performance with each other but just the the repertoire and just getting along and we we know each other's next moves so it's it's easy for us to 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 bring it back would it be total carnage to get all three of the heads on this show oh man <laughs> that would be amazing that would be carnage for sure that, that would be carnage. We, could, we could we could call that episode talking heads <laughs> can, can we do that please <laughs> so oh, i will gosh. let you guys head the brigade of that one um the, everybody is on instagram and twitter and the reason why I want to leave it in your court is because we all have such insane schedules that we yeah. have tried to get together for certain other things. We just did an interview last week for uh, CBR.com and mm. getting us all together for a half an hour to, to mm. talk to the, the editor and writer. It, it's a pain. Yeah, being for sure. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, we have to... We had to rearrange for tonight um, as true. relatively short notice. So thank you for even giving up your time for tonight. It, it's oh, great. Of course. Oh, as soon fantastic. as I booked the, the job that I booked when we were originally supposed to do this, what I, it's funny because I'll have things like this here and there. And, and when I book a job that interferes with stuff, I will immediately go through my calendar and any day that I'm no longer available, I'll write yeah. it down who I need to contact and then yeah. go through and, oh, and reschedule and try to, because it's, you know, I don't want to just laugh no, and like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, Sorry. I'm working. <laughs> sign, sign of an awesome person. Clearly. Um, are you, are you in a position to say what the, the bit of work is that you got? Um, um, not at the moment, but 
Um, you will see yeah, yeah. eventually. That, you will. Um, we'll be looking forward to hearing about that. Paul, talk for heaven's sake, man. Oh, so, Paul's here? We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. I'm still here, yeah, so I'm allowed to talk. Uh, so, Alan, um, how did you get into monster movies? What so, made you want to do that? So I've, I have been a performer in one way or another almost, you know, as long as I can remember since eighth grade when I took drama class in school. Um, and then I went to college for film and I got into, I moved to Los Angeles for work and I started doing some editing to, you know, make money and just get into the industry. And when I got deep into that world, I had started doing less and less performing stuff. And I just, I'd say there was a good five years where, um, I didn't do any just cause I was focused on, I just need to pay rent and and live and be alive and be able to eat. Um, and then after a while, I was talking to my, at the time, girlfriend, and then became fiancé, and now we're married. She, I was just telling her how I was like, how I miss doing that, and I want to, I, I don't like editing, and I wanted to get out of it, and I wanted to um, pursue something I'm passionate about again. And I was tossing around the idea of, um, creating monsters either somehow working at a creature shop or being part of the effects team and and it just wasn't feeling right because i was like but i'm a performer and and i already have a career so i thought if i'm gonna change from already having a good solid career to a whole new one i'm going for the gold I, i'm not gonna half-ass it and so i was like you know what if i had the ultimate dream of dreams it would not be to be create the monster or help be part of a team that has to do with creatures. It, I want to be the monster because mm. my whole life I've, I've always yeah. loved monsters. Like I'm a huge action figure collector and I have, you know, my whole life I've never, even as a kid when I would buy Star Wars figures, uh, you know, I had a Luke probably, but I wanted more Cantina, more Jabba's Palace characters. And it's yeah. just like mo monsters. Yeah. They're, they're just better. So, <laughs> Um, my whole life, I just, I've always loved those. And like, I always joke before Sesame Street, the earliest things I remember watching on TV is, you know, Alien, Puppet Master, Hellraiser. Those are some of my earliest memories. And so it's like, I just love them. And so I was like, I'm going to be the monster. And so I took all my, my past experience of, of performance and I started diving into to more training of things like mine and stunt and stuff like that. And I started seeking out things that needed monsters and eventually just word got around that I prefer to do these characters and and it snowballed from there and now it's what I'm known for and, and people reach out to me all the time and, and want me to be part of their film and they're like we have a we have a creature do you want to do it and I'm always like absolutely so it was it was a conscious decision to to be the creature wow that's awesome good job of it so you found a great niche for there Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so happy. I couldn't couldn't be happier with the decision to just to take it serious as a, as a profession too. You know, that was that was really when it it changed. Was when I sat down with Kaylee and said, "I'm going to take this full on serious as as a, a real career." And and I think that goes for any career, no matter what you want to do. If you take it serious as a career, other people take you serious as a professional, mm. and it doesn't matter what the, the job is. Yeah, so all of Alex's students that are listening, whatever it is you want to do, <laughs> if you take yourself serious, everyone else will. The, the only uh, issue there That's is nice. that I'm sure yeah. my students listening would say that Mr. Wainwright never takes himself seriously at all. <laughs> um, working out ways to memes. take the entire Tudor period through memes. You know, um, <laughs> You will done. not be getting homework in return anymore. That's a lot of work. <laughs> but it's a nice message. Well, on top of creature acting, Alan, you've also uh -huh. done some writing with um, Cookie. That's your little baby. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call my baby. So, <laughs> Christmas with Cookie is a film that... Christmas with Cookie. Oh. It's, a, it's a movie that I decided to make in 2016 where... You know, I've worked on a lot of very low-budget films, and some of them are made for, you know, $500, and 
some of them are made for twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and some of them for twenty, thirty thousand, they turn out to be absolute crap. I'm not going to name any of them, <laughs> but like, I I sat down and I was like, I guarantee you, I can make a better movie than these twenty, thirty thousand dollar ones, but I can make it for one thousand dollars, and that was my goal. I set out to make a movie for one thousand dollars, which. If you know the movie industry, that's pennies. $1,000 is nothing. And, it is nothing, yeah. <laughs> and I set out to make it, and, and I did. Whether it's a good movie or not is yet to be determined. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not to be taken serious. It's meant to, you know, if you, if you want to watch a bad B-movie with your friends and make fun of it, that's what it's meant for. And in fact, Cookie, the main character makes fun of the movie in the movie and so it, it knows where it stands and it does not hide it at all is, yeah, is it, it was, available yeah, on DVD? watch list and my son <laughs> saw it and thought Oops. your son saw the movie no no um i was gonna say there's a on, lot of f-bombs it's in on, this movie <laughs> it's on um amazon addicts and um, it's on my watch list and my son saw it and he thought you were the grinch that's hilarious is so i'm gonna answer two questions <laughs> is one Alec, yes, it's available on Amazon Prime streaming, and you can also yeah. buy it on Blu-ray on Amazon.com. Okay. Um, so, so everybody, go watch it, buy it, but only if you're old enough, because there's a lot of f-bombs. Um, but <laughs> two, the Grinch comment. It's funny because my nephew, who actually earlier when we got interrupted, the reason why we got the Skype call disappeared is because my nephew was trying to Skype, um, uh, and so it disconnected all of us. But he is six, and he also thinks Cookie is the Grinch. So anytime <laughs> Jim Carrey's The Grinch is on TV during the holiday, he's always like, Uncle Alan's on TV. And, oh. uh, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was The Grinch. I'd be like, you'd be getting bigger Christmas <laughs> presents if that was me, Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's not just my son, then. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> I need to my see this movie. What other projects have you got coming up? What? <laughs> So I have, let's see here, there's one that I cannot wait to talk to you guys about, but I can't mention it. It's a very huge fan favorite franchise of mine, um, and I'll be playing the lead character in it, so that is very exciting. And as soon as that is public knowledge, which, which we film it soon, so I imagine it'll be public knowledge relatively soon. We should come back and do this again and talk about that film. Um, oh, but one fantastic. I, yeah, count me in. Um, but the other one I can't talk about is a film that I wrote and directed called Patina, which is it's a 10-minute short film about a, a guy who brings home an artificial intelligence robot, and it creeps his girlfriend out, and he leaves for work and leaves her alone with it. And the intensity builds where there is good reason why she is weary of it. And uh, and this film will be available, I believe we're going to screen it in, in September for the first time. And, and then shortly after, it'll be on Amazon and Blu-ray and all that stuff. And that yeah. one, I would love to talk with you guys about too. It's going to be super fun. And that one was cool because I wore all the hats again, just like I did for Cookie. Um, I, I wrote, directed, produced, and I played the robot in it, and I'm editing that as well, and so that one's wow. taking a lot of time, yeah. But, you know, when you do these things on, on a, a small budget, you have to wear many hats. That sounds kind of, that project that you just spoke about sounds kind of Dark Mirror-esque. That sounds really cool. I like that. It's, it's very dark. I don't know. What's Dark Mirror-esque? Dark Mirror. Have you seen oh, dark, dark Black Mirror? Mirror. Yes. Or yes. Black Mirror, sorry, whatever it is. Um, yeah, Black but, Mirror. Yeah. yeah, Black Mirror. That sounds that sounds very Black Mirror esque, and mm. I, love, I, yes. I like that stuff. But you know, like a creepy, just like household appliance or whatever. You know, it's, it's very Black Mirror. It was funny because when I pitched it to the actors and the DP and the other people involved, I I told them I was like, this is Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt type because there's a twist ending and. But it's very serious. It's not comedic at all, like how Cookie is. Cookie is meant to be um, corny and wacky. Yeah. Where's this? Have a few it's... beers with Cookie. I wasn't going to say that because your students might be listening, but <laughs> you should not watch Cookie Soap. 
<laughs> oh dear. This sounds even more fun now. Um, In fact, when please I please drink lemonade it, responsibly, children. Exactly. When when yes. we first premiered it, we were in uh, we were, I rented out a theater in North Hollywood, and had then cast and crew come to watch Cookie, and before we played, I had a big thing of lemonade, wink wink, for everybody <laughs> to drink, and I think it made everyone's experience much more pleasant. <laughs> lemonade can be enhancing. Uh, for a viewing experience. Yes, it can be. I am <laughs> conscious of time, and we have gone slightly beyond our one-hour slot. Can I invite you all to do our, if nothing else, starting with Joe, and I think we should finish off with Alan? Right, so I've said it before in a previous podcast episode, go see Godzilla King of the Monsters. It's a fantastic film. Be prepared to watch it more than once to catch everything. It seems another Easter egg keeps getting dropped every hour on Twitter nowadays. But um, I'm also going to throw out there, uh, watch Rodan, the original uh, Toho feature. It's awesome. Uh, and slight spoilers, he doesn't get beaten by everything in that movie, so it's pretty good. It's, it's a slow. It starts off as a slow burn kind of thriller horror, and then it turns into a full-blown kaiju movie. It's really well done, and I recommend it. What about you, Paul? Okay, um, I'm going to go with something a bit different this time. Um, as a 80s child, I grew up and I watched a fantastic TV series called Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen it. As a bunch of kids go on a Dungeons & Dragons ride in a theme park, and they get sucked into a, like, a parallel world where there's um, Dungeons & Dragons. And for whatever reason, Renault have brought it back for their latest car advert in Brazil. And it's just fantastic to see it live action, because there's this seven-headed dragon called Tiamat, it's just a complete badass, and it's fantastic to see but realistic. So I just thought, if there's any 80s kids out there, give that a try. I've seen it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for myself, if nothing else, you know, be bold and speak to cinema staff. When I went around Newcastle upon Tyne, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I've been a terror. When I went around Newcastle upon Tyne, the Cineworld staff said, no, we don't have any posters because all of the advertising was done purely digitally. So that felt a bit like a cop out. Uh, but when I went over to Odeon, they were very accommodating. So I, I do think you have nothing to lose other than your shame and your dignity. Um, but I left with five posters in total, which means that most of the admin team of Kaiju, um, sorry, of UK Kaiju fans now are getting a poster, which is nice. So yeah, go out there, ask. It's, it's worthwhile doing. Alan, please tell us, if nothing else, what can you suggest to our viewers? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with the other guys of, of movie suggestions, and I'm going to suggest Death Kappa, which was a film I saw a couple months ago. And oh, it Lord. is hilarious. That movie oh, made me laugh <laughs> so much. And there's like a dance scene, and there's a Kappa who's like human size, and then he becomes kaiju size. Mm. And it's it's just off the wall. But I recommend getting Death Kappa. That's a fun movie. <laughs> how how, how do you spell that? K-A-P-P-A. Uh, yes. Okay. Nice. It's it's an interesting thing to figure out how Kappa eats. That that's that's a story. Well, Kappa is an interesting thing that um, I used to be kind of a co-host for a paranormal show, and I would do uh, news updates for current um, you know UFO sightings or Sasquatch experiences, things like that. And there was I learned a lot of crypto and historical type creatures like that. And Kappa is a very big one in Japan. And yeah. Look up Kappas because they have an amazing history and mm. um, it's very interesting stuff. And this movie, it, it sticks to the lure, but in a comedic, wacky way. If you look them up online, it's actually quite uh, demonic. They're they're yeah, they're, yeah, they're creepy. Are they the, the little dudes little that live in the river that have like the dip in their head with the fluid? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say because they they eat and rape people. Like they're meant yeah. to be quite terrifying. They're yeah. basically rapists, <laughs> and they're scared. yeah, no, they are yes. the rapists. Yeah, so this has gone dark. Okay. Yeah. We are sorry there, for I, this has gone, children. I, I don't yeah. think there's any raping in Death Kappa. I think <laughs> the Kappa is friends with the girl in this movie. I believe. Okay. If I recall. Hey. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of Kappas, I'm pleased to announce that. In um, mid-July, the artist Matthew Meyer, a.k.a. the Yokai guy, he'll be coming on as a guest. 
and he is an American artist who um, has moved over to Japan and he's dedicated his artistic life to basically researching Japanese folklore and painting about them and that'll be a nice opportunity for him to be talking about the links between yokai and kaiju within folklore so I'm quite excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Alan. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you guys. It was super fun, and uh, I look forward to doing it again uh, for Patina. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Folks. Um, so, um, well, Alan, just before you go, but for any of our listeners out there, how can they um, keep in touch with um, keep in touch with you? See what you're up to. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, Twitter and Instagram is at monster underscore maxon. Maxon is spelled M A X S O N, like the son of Max. And then on Facebook, uh, there's like an actor page, Alan Maxson, you'll find it. Um, but yeah, or you can also go to alanmaxson.com and there's links to all of them. But follow me, tweet, message, whatever. And and I usually am very good at replying back. If I am busy, just hang tight. I'll eventually either like it or reply back or something. So yeah, please keep in touch. I love hearing from everybody too. It's how I get a lot of the news of actually all these new Easter eggs that keep popping up is you, you fans all are educating me more than I would ever have realized on my own. So I love hearing from you guys. There we go. Oh, thank well, you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah. You're and, very welcome. Thank you. And that wraps it up folks. So thanks for listening to us and bearing with us. And uh, as always, <laughs> keep it Kaiju. There you go. Paul, I said the line. <laughs> so you, glad Jack. you said the line. It's great. Keep it Kaiju. <laughs> kaiju Curry House is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and produced by UK Kaiju with music by Flying Killer Robots. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe at heroespodcast.com or on the various podcast services such as Apple iTunes, Google Play, or just about any podcast app. If you want to get involved with the show, please tweet us at UK Kaiju. And check out ukkaiju.com for the latest news, events, and kaiju thoughts from all of us. Thanks for listening. My wife and I actually, uh, we spent six months as pen pals before we even met each other. But... Oh, when you were in prison. I remember that story. You did tell me about that before. <laughs> yeah. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station.